0: Is Attack of the 20th Century. Thank you for joining us as we explore science fiction, fantasy, and horror films of the 20th century. I'm your host, Jeff. And I'm your other host, Kim. Welcome to episode 46, where we continue our summer swim series with the 1954 film Creature from the Black Lagoon. Mm-hmm. Look for us on Instagram and Facebook and YouTube at Attack of the 20th Century. That's 20th. We post our next movie selection there. You can comment, give your thoughts, and they just might make it on the air. We always start off our show with talking about what you've been watching.
1: Right. And you
0: and I took our whole family to go see Haunted Mansion.
1: Yes, the new one.
0: Yes, released this year in the theater. I think it might still be playing in the theater.
1: I think so. I think it's still out.
0: I really wanted to see this. I really love the ride at Disney.
1: Yeah, it's a fun ride.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: That's like classic, nostalgic Disney World.
0: So our male lead in the film is Lakeith Stanfield. I don't think I've seen him in anything else. Uh, He definitely brought a different energy, kind of a laid-back, you know, mellow guy kind of lead. Yeah, very chill. You're not used to seeing, I don't think, for being a male lead. That's usually kind of like the buddy.
1: Right, that's true, yeah.
0: Tiffany Haddish, Owen Wilson, Danny DeVito, Rosario Dawson, Jamie Lee Curtis, Mm -hmm. uh, and even Jared Leto, which he's pretty (laughs) unrecognizable in this movie.
1: Yeah, it cracked me up because you literally would never know it's Jared Leto. <laughs> Maybe one time when they show, there's like a portrait of him as a young man and you're like, oh, okay. He looks like Jared Leto when he was young, but now he's the hatbox ghost and yeah. he looks like the hatbox ghost. Yeah,
0: yeah. I think Owen Wilson kind of stole the show for me. Oh, yeah. Like his humor. I don't know, he brings that Wes Anderson energy that we, <laughs> we <laughs> yeah, like, we, we bring up a lot. Like. But his style of humor, I thought played well. You oh know? yeah,
1: yeah they they did very well together.
0: But overall, you know, if you're looking for a recommendation, it's maybe five and a half out of ten. Probably, would you say?
1: Ah, uh, yeah. Like I don't need to see it again, but it was fun. We had a we had a good time. It was a nice you know get out of the house on a random Tuesday night kind of. It, it's a fun movie. Yeah, and there's a lot of if you're a fan of the ride, the house, the interior of the house really does look like. Well, even the exterior of the house. Yeah. Looks like the ride at Disney. So yeah. there's, it's got that whole nostalgic thing, which you know there was an Eddie Murphy version of this. Yeah, I don't even know. Twenty how many, years ago. Twenty years ago now. Yeah. Wow, and it also like the visuals were right if mm-hmm. you wanted the nostalgic bit from the ride, but it was really silly. You know, <laughs> not that this isn't silly. It's silly, yeah. but it's better silly. Yeah. You know. Um, it's, it's a little more highbrow silly, I guess. I don't
0: know.
1: Is that a thing? Can you be highbrow and silly? I don't, <laughs> I think don't know. think so.
0: <laughs>
1: but yeah, it was, it was a
0: good time. I like this one just because I like the macabre. I like the, kind of the gothic feel of the Haunted Mansion. The aesthetic is really right on for me. But it me. keeps it light. But it keeps it light. There were a few moments that a little bit scary. A little bit. You know, yeah. but for the most part, it's just played for laughs. But I think what really hurts it, the reason why it's not great, mm-hmm. is the expectation. You know, you go into it thinking Pirates of the Caribbean was like amazing oh, good. True. Right?
1: Very true. That it's, first it's one. It's not the first Pirates of the Caribbean, for no. sure. It does have a kind of all-star cast. I mean, mm-hmm. there's a lot of big names in there that, sure. you know. But yeah, it's not Pirates. All right, it's time to dive back into our Summer Swim series Ooh. with The Creature from the Black Lagoon from 1954. This is your spoiler warning. If you don't like spoilers and you haven't seen this, um, you're behind the times. But no, seriously, <laughs> hit pause, go watch the movie, and we'll be here. Come what back have you been doing since
0: 1954? Yeah, exactly. Come, Come on. on.
1: Get on it. Uh, yeah, so uh, I looked up Rotten Tomato scores for this. Yeah? mm mm-hmm. Really good. tomato meter and a 74% audience score. So they match up this time or nearly match up anyhow. So
0: that's that's fantastic.
1: Yeah, that's fantastic. It's really, I think it's a well-loved, even though I don't know that creature is kind of considered one of the top tier of the universal monsters. Mm -hmm. Maybe.
0: We'll talk about that later. He's definitely in the mix. Yeah, but probably not uh, a Dracula or a right, Frankenstein. Right, exactly. He's yeah. not hitting
1: Dracula level status, right? But I think he is well loved. But the people who love him, they really love him.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. Well, this film opens with the formation of the Earth itself coming in kind of with this blend of creationism and evolution. Mm -hmm. They kind of tiptoe that line, I think, I'm (laughs) sure, for financial reasons. It was
1: 1954. (laughs) We were still doing that then.
0: (laughs) But we landed on the point where life in the upper reaches of the Amazon really hasn't progressed the way it has everywhere else. Right. So we see scientist Dr. Carl and two native assistants discover an arm of a fossilized creature in the rocks of the Amazon.
1: Mm Mm-hmm.
0: Carl goes to Brazil to show the fossilized hand, mysteriously with a prominent middle finger. I thought.
1: <laughs> Yeah, it did <laughs> it look like he was flicking everybody off.
0: <laughs> I don't know if that was offensive in 1954 <laughs> or not, but... I don't know. Uh, but he goes to show it to a group of fellow scientists and convinces them to start an expedition to look for the rest of the body of the creature. hmm when the team of the scientists arrive at the camp in the Amazon, they find the dead bodies of Carl's assistants. Ooh. The creature had murdered them. Yeah. When their attempts to find more fossils falter, they decide to move their expedition to the Black Lagoon. Mm-hmm. So we have Mark, the financer and the leader of the expedition. Mm-hmm. He goes scuba diving to explore the lagoon with our eventual hero, David. Yes. We quickly deduce there's a love triangle between Mark, David, and the lovely Kay, played by Julie Adams. Mm -hmm. David and Kay want to be married one day, but Mark is infatuated with Kay and is inconveniently David's boss. Yeah. And he... And he thinks
1: he's Mr. Rico Suave. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Once the creature sees and swims beneath the unsuspecting Kay, the love triangle forms into a love square.
1: (laughs) Is that a thing? I don't know. (laughs)
0: A series of altercations with the Gill Man ensues. And again, I'm going to use Gill Man and Creature kind of interchangeably.
1: Yes, he is belovedly known as the Gill Man.
0: Mark spears the creature. They drug the creature. The creature kills two members of the crew and attempts to kidnap Kay before they capture the Gill Man. He escapes, injuring (laughs) one of their colleagues pretty badly. Yeah. He he looks wrapped up like a mummy for the rest of the story. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) The team decides to leave before they find the creature has knocked down a tree, blocking their exit of the lagoon. Right. Uh, Mark and David scuba dive to try and block the obstruction uh, before Mark takes it upon himself to hunt and spear the gill man, who in turn murders Mark.
1: Yep. Mark does not come out of this.
0: The team manages to remove the barrier of the tree. But the creature kidnaps Kay and takes her to his lair. Mm-hmm. David, Carl, and the boat captain engage in knifery and gunfire <laughs> to rescue Kay. Yep. The movie ends with the creature stumbling back into the lagoon, sinking into the deep. That's right. So this film was directed by Jack Arnold. He was an accomplished 1950s sci-fi and horror filmmaker. Uh, he later did le- several episodes of The Brady Bunch.
1: I did not watch a lot of Brady Bunch, so you didn't? I missed that.
0: I want to say it came on adjacent to Little House on the Prairie. I watched Little
1: House on the Prairie, but not the Brady Bunch. Uh,
0: Some of his other classics are It Came from Outer Space. Oh, yeah. Tarantula, Mm -hmm. which sounds like a film that we're going to have to review. Yeah, probably. The Incredible Shrinking Man. And then he did the second of the two sequels, Revenge of the Creature. Yeah. Which came out the very next year. And then he did not do the third one, which is The Creature Walks Among Us, which was done the year after that.
1: Wow. Cranking out three movies in three years. That's intense.
0: Yeah. One thing that was cool about this one, it was shot in 3D. And that was like kind of the attraction. They were competing with the television.
1: Was that new? In the 50s. No,
0: I, I don't think it was brand new, but I think it was kind of the spectacle of like, you're going to see this monster killing people. Like in your face. In your face. <laughs> and you can't get that at home on your TV. Well, true. So get out of your house, get in the movie theater. Yeah. It kind of reminded me a little bit of this whole post-COVID era with, uh, with film <laughs> Theaters
1: trying to get people to come back.
0: Yeah, you have all the streaming options now. Yeah. And you can watch a movie pretty much a week or two after it's been released, you can stream it.
1: So I can take my nap in my recliner instead of paying for my nap at the theater. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Absolutely. Sorry,
1: theaters. It's a tough sell. <laughs> oh,
0: you did stay awake for the Haunted Mansion, I think, didn't you? I
1: did. No, I did stay awake. through the. We went to not a late movie, though. So that yeah. was helpful.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, so when did you first see this movie? And what were your initial thoughts?
1: Oh, wow. I really have no recollection of when I first saw this movie I probably saw it as like a creature feature on a Saturday afternoon as a kid, because like, it's just part of like, I've known this creature and I've known about this movie for years. Yeah. You know, it's not one of those like, and I don't know that I always sat down and watched it all the way through, but I definitely saw the main parts of it throughout my childhood growing up so right. much. So that I have an uncle that lives out in Washington state. Um, Hey, Uncle Donald, I don't think you listen to this, but hey, just in case. <laughs> he was like, you know, my favorite uncle growing up and uh, just we had a really fun, playful relationship. And I used to, he's a big, hairy guy, right? So yeah. I used to call him the hairy creature from the Black Lagoon. was just, you know, <laughs> a kid, you make up silly things or whatever. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, We we went back and forth with that for a lot of years. He would sign things to me with that and oh, played some cool. pranks on me that I... We won't go into, but it was a lot of fun. Yeah. So I've I've known of and been aware of this creature for a long time. Right. So yeah, and of course we watched it again recently, but I think about maybe five years ago, you and I went to see it in a theater here in Lakeland, uh, the Polk Theater, which is one of those fun, we'd love to catch a movie there if we can. It's, yeah. I think it's one in a, a shortened list of atmospheric theaters or mm-hmm. these historic theaters that are like, it looks like there's stars in the sky. It's kind of an Italian Renaissance design.
0: Yeah. Built
1: in the probably late 20s, I think, is the when the Polk Theater was built. There's a bigger one over in Tampa that we like to go to some, too. Yeah. But yeah, it's a fun place to go and see movies. My mom has memories of going there as a, a teen and a kid to see movies. So, Anyhow, we saw it there. Five years ago? Yeah,
0: about five years ago. It was really cool to see an old black and white film yeah. in such an old theater.
1: Yeah, and I think Tampa Theater does this too, but Polk tries when they play an old classic film, it still has the old organ that they would have played during like the silent movies. Yeah. And so they still have a guy come in or a lady come in and play the organ like yeah. before the movie starts. So it's it's pretty pretty cool experience.
0: Yeah. And a
1: very historic experience.
0: Yeah, no, I love it. I love it. So yeah, my experiences are all the same as yours. I was very aware of this film and the creature. Uh, maybe I saw it when I was growing up, mm-hmm. but it kind of blends in with other black and white sci-fi right. films from the time. But my first real memory of seeing it end-to-end end was with you in the Polk Theater, and then of course we uh, we watched it maybe a couple years ago with our kids, I think, Right. and then we watched it uh, just the other night.
1: All right, let's talk about the standouts from this movie. And I'm going to start us off with the underwater photography, because this was really oh, yeah. innovative for its time and they were able to get just like beautiful clear shots even though it's black and white like it it sticks out in your mind it's like you're really seeing what's going on you're really underwater with this creature with Kay, the main female actress you mm-hmm. know uh everything's clear and crisp Mm -hmm. Um, there's these wide angle shots. Like you just feel like you're underwater with them. It's, it's very impressively done for 1954 and really for now. And a a lot of critics say that, you know, that's why this movie has so much staying power is because just the quality of the underwater shooting is so good.
0: Yeah, definitely.
1: And of course, I'm going to, I'm going to throw a little, uh, credit to the state of Florida in here because the reason they were able to film so well underwater is because they chose some, you know, spring waters here in Florida. So this is actually filmed in Wakulla Springs. which is up near Tallahassee. So that's, you know, we personally have never been to Wakulla Springs. My parents have, though. Mm-hmm. Um, it's beautiful, crystal clear water. And, of course, everything in Florida becomes a swamp. If you get away from the spring head, <laughs> you're into swamplands. Right. so. Uh, what's also amazing about this is that, you know, the creature, the guy who plays the creature when they're underwater, there's two actors playing the creature, one on land and one underwater. So Rico Browning is playing the creature when they're swimming. Apparently he had been a swimmer in like the Navy or, or the Air Force or something. Yeah. And it's like... Uh, the legend is that he could hold his breath for up to four to five minutes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so they needed this guy to be in the suit and, and he swims really nicely. Like the creature looks like a thing that could be swimming in the water. Yeah. Like it's very convincing. Um, but if you don't know anything about Florida waters, like the spring is beautiful and clear water, but there are also snakes and alligators <laughs> in the Florida waters. So the, the actor that played the creature on land he wouldn't do, he couldn't really do the swimming parts because he wasn't a strong enough swimmer to wear that suit and swim and mm-hmm. be filmed for any amount of time. And he refused to get in the water. Ben like,
0: Chapman's his Yeah, name.
1: Ben yeah. Chapman. He was like, no thanks. There's gators and snakes and whatnot. Yeah. And also, spring waters stay a constant like 71, 72 degrees year round. Yeah. And they were filming in North Florida like in the wintertime. So it's like 49 degrees outside of the water and 71 degrees inside the water. That's pretty chilly. Yeah. I, maybe not in other States, but in Florida, we don't go to the Springs in the wintertime <laughs> because we don't do cold water. Nope,
0: nope. You go
1: to those cold waters when it's 105 outside. <laughs> so yeah, I thought the underwater photography was amazing.
0: Very crisp. Now, um, now we've been to a location that where they did the filming of the sequel, right?
1: That's Right. Yeah, Silver Springs is in Ocala, which is much closer to us—maybe two, two and a half hours away. Yeah, and uh, that's where they filmed. Uh, yeah, Revenge. the second so Revenge of the Creature, and there's some other things that have been filmed there. And Wakulla Springs, where the first movie was filmed, they had like a stint from like the 1930s all the way into the late 70s, where they were filming all sorts of things. Most of mm. the Tarzan movies, yeah, were filmed up in Wakulla Springs too. So. Florida was like, if you wanted to look like you were in the Amazon or anywhere tropical, you would come to Florida to film your movie. Mm-hmm. So, yeah.
0: <laughs> I'm with you. Very crisp look. You know, even the, the filming on land, just some great crispness, you mm-hmm. know, but underwater, just amazing shots. That whole shot of uh, Kay swimming yeah. and the cameras coming up and you're seeing the, the creature swim alongside of her. Yes. It definitely looks like an animal swimming with a woman. Yeah. Just amazing shots.
1: He really, I mean, to know he's just suited up in all sorts of, I don't even know, rubber, latex, whatever that was. Yeah. And he's still swimming so gracefully. is pretty yeah. impressive.
0: Yeah. For him to keep up with her and it look real and not look, you know, contrived. No. Very yeah. impressive, but great, great photography. Um, I'm with you. The standout uh, I'll give is to the music.
1: Oh, wow. I really had
0: no idea that Henry Mancini worked on this project. Of course, yeah. Henry Mancini's worked on several pieces, but you know, you and I are big Pink Panther fans. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, he collaborated with Hans Salter and Herman Stein, and of course, the creature has his own theme, and it's a little right. controversial. They're these big orchestral hits. It's like, blah, blah, <laughs> you know, and they do it often. And yeah. I guess the legend is that the producers insisted that every time you see the creature for the first time on the screen, like every time he emerges or whatever, right. we're going to get that stinger. That's what we want to hear. It's it's there a lot, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it's effective. And I have to say, I think the score had to influence John Williams on his score of Jaws. Oh yeah, uh, there's that half tone theme. With, you know, just bum, 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 with French horns carrying the melody. Yes. Everybody knows in Jaws the... Right.
1: <laughs> exactly. Bum,
0: bum, 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 bum. Well, it's a different melody, but it's still the French horns with this kind of shrieking theme with the uh, the horns behind them. And I have to say there's these epic pieces when there's the fighting scenes that are underwater. Oh, yeah. They have also these big epic hits mixed with the woodwinds doing these swirling sounds. Mm-hmm. Just truly excellent, like great composition. Yeah. And this isn't just normal uh, backing track music. Oh, I don't no.
1: Think. This is classic. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So I didn't know any of that. I was just taken by the music. And then I was like, oh, who do I give credit to? I was like, oh, Henry Mancini worked on this? Okay.
1: <laughs> it all makes sense now. <laughs> Yeah, and one more standout because we've already mentioned like what a great swimmer Rico Browning had to have been. Like his suit is pretty amazing. You and mm-hmm. I love practical effects, and we mention them often on here. Sure. But this suit really was well done. There's no bunching in the armpits or the seams around the butt. You yeah. know, you're not you're not distracted watching this creature move around thinking, yeah, it's a guy in a rubber suit. Like there's, you know, it looks weird. Right. It looks. Very legit. It's yeah. very well done. And I don't know how they did it, but even when he gets out of the water, he has this sort of like, you know, he has like those fins around his head and they like flare, like you would think a nostril flare, but it's a fin flare around yeah. his face. Like they're moving and it almost looks like he's struggling to breathe air because he's, you know, aquatic I, animal. he's an aquatic animal. Maybe he's sort of amphibious, but uh yeah like it was just very well done the textures right on it and again even in black and white like it's got the right kind of moist shimmer to it that an aquatic amphibious creature should have yeah it's just very effective
0: yeah especially 1954
1: yeah it's pretty incredible
0: yeah yeah i agree with you great and even our son uh our 11 year old said hey this has to be the best you know rubber suit monster i've ever seen
1: yeah yeah that's right he even noticed (laughs)
0: All right. Well, let me get into setbacks. Um, I will say there are some inconsistencies in filming. Like we talked about kind of the, the greatness of the underwater photography. Mm-hmm. And sometimes like the, uh, the picture is super crisp and looks super modern. Right. Which is fantastic. But other times yeah. it just, it seems like there's some blurriness to the uh, filming. Yeah. In particular, I noticed it when it was like far away shots of the boat. Like, it was great when they were close-ups, but when they're far away shots, some blurriness. Right. And I don't know what that is. Maybe quality control issues or...
1: I know the most of the filming that wasn't done underwater was done in a back lot of, like, Universal in California. So, yeah. I don't know. You know, I don't know what the difference was with what they were working with there. But yeah. Who knows?
0: Maybe that's a little bit of a nitpick thing.
1: It wasn't consistent through, yeah. So one other setback is just that it's a very simplistic film, which in some ways works for it, but Mm -hmm. it's, it's a little bit flat. Like there's, there's no dialogue that you're really interested in. The only hint of a subplot is this sort of love triangle where, you know, David and Kay are like have plans to get married, but then Mark Mm -hmm. is trying to get in on that and take her away. But it's. It's so on the nose. There's no nuance to it, you know. And and every yeah. and it's a very short movie. It's what an hour and eighteen minutes, I think. So, yeah. so that works to keep it tight, you know. So that's kind of nice because someone like me who tends to fall asleep, I can usually <laughs> stay awake for an hour and eighteen minutes. Right. Uh, but there's just not a lot of depth to the story.
0: Yeah, yeah, agreed. Like you know, you it's hard to stack this against say like a Hitchcock classic, right? Sure. You know, you have so much going on, characters just struggling with different emotions and Mm -hmm. the dialogue that's going on between folks. Uh, That's, it's just, that's a different level of movie, I would say, than this. Right. But like you said, I think the simplicity works. They were going for a 3D film, get butts in seats in a theater, see this 3D monster come out and squash heads and cause damage. And uh, it works. Right.
1: Well, let's talk about that. I don't think it's a setback necessarily, but for a monster, like that's his only power. He crushes skulls, right? Like (laughs) he's got really good grip strength. Or I guess he could drown you if he kept you underwater long enough.
0: Yeah, I think so. But he doesn't really
1: ever drown anybody in the movie, does he?
0: No, he drowns Mark.
1: Oh, that's right. Yeah, I guess he does drown Mark.
0: I don't know if he kills Mark underwater. I don't I can't remember how he kills him, but he definitely does it underwater. I took it as him drowning him.
1: Yeah, yeah. That was the whole, like, shooting the harpoon dealio, right?
0: Yeah. So, yeah, let's talk a little bit about the cast. So, we talked about Mark just now. Mm -hmm. And uh, so, he's played by Richard Denning. And I was glad that he plays kind of the villainous character. I think of all the the folks in this movie, even the creature, he's probably more of a villain mm-hmm. than the creature. I think they paint the creature a little bit as a sympathetic character. Oh,
1: for sure. Yeah. Right? Yeah. They want to catch him and study him. They think he's like the missing link, you know, yeah. in their whole evolutionary theory. But, but they don't want to harm him.
0: Mm-hmm. You know, they
1: don't. Yeah. They feel they realize like they're on his turf. I, yeah, I think it comes across that way.
0: It feels that way. And Mark is the guy that just wants to spear the creature, take him home as a trophy. Yes. And they allude to David alludes to Mark is taking credit for a lot of people's work.
1: Oh, that's right.
0: Claimed it as his own. Of course, Julie Adams, who uh, plays Kay, says that Mark also has made advances towards her. That's right. You know, he'd like her to be his trophy. He's
1: pretty sleazy. This smart guy.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So I think he, he looks, he looks kind of sleazy. Like that guy that you don't like Yeah, rich, powerful, successful, um, but he's good at it. I would say like you did good, Richard Denning. Like you right, right. played the role well from that sense.
1: Oh, he's a good fit. The second you hear he comes on screen for the first time, I like I made a comment about like, oh, he's gonna sell some used cars later or something. You know, like he just yeah. had that like a little bit sleazy, I don't know. Yeah. yeah, I'm here to get what I can.
0: Yeah, he does this power play uh move in the movie too. It's before we know there's a creature that's mm-hmm. alive. He comes out with his shirt off and he's got the harpoon gun and David and Kay have kind of been, I don't know, not getting fresh, but they're chummy. Yeah. yeah. And he comes out big, and proud with this big old gun in his hands. And they're like, what are you going to do with that? It just, that was a power play.
1: Yeah. I'm yeah. your boss.
0: I'm holding this big old spear. Yeah. <laughs> this is my boat that I've chartered. I'm here to make you look small. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Uh, and then David. Now, what did you think about David as kind of our hero?
1: Um, I mean,
0: and David's played by actor Richard, Richard Carlson, another Richard.
1: Yeah. He was fine. Yeah. There wasn't anything epically heroic about him, but Mm -hmm. he was the guy who was going to do the right thing. Yeah. I think so. You know, that works.
0: Yeah, kind of a sympathetic,
1: uh, right? Yeah, guy. you definitely like him more than you like Mark's character. Yeah, for sure.
0: Now, Julie Adams plays Kay, like we mentioned, and I guess there was some controversy. You know, this is the nineteen fifties. She's taken off her clothes. She's in a bathing suit. It's a one piece.
1: Uh, it's a very modest bathing suit.
0: <laughs> definitely by today's standards, very modest. But I guess that was a little bit. Lurid, oh, was that maybe racy
1: back in 1954? In the day. I don't know. Oh wow! She takes off her cover up and dives off of the
0: boat into the, <laughs> into the water. So scandalous. Now she looked a little bit like uh, Jennifer Connelly to me in the face.
1: Yeah, I think we kept trying to figure out. She definitely had a familiarity to her face that we kept trying to pin on somebody else, Jennifer yeah. Connelly. Was one we hit on? I can't
0: remember. I think it's her eyebrows. Something the way she did her eyebrows. Yeah.
1: Me. Brooke Shields. I think was min- young. Yeah. Brooke Shields was mentioned. Yeah, you know, it's just I think because of the times. So there, we were. We had a fuller eyebrow in the mid '50s, and that's back in style again now. Yeah. And in the '80s, we had fuller eyebrows. Unfortunately, if you were you know in your teens in the '90s, you probably don't have any eyebrows left now because right. <laughs> we plucked them to oblivion. Yeah, but yeah. So I don't know. She had some reminiscences of some other people we know.
0: Yeah, yeah. Now's the time we talk about our favorite scene. So what is your favorite scene of this film?
1: I definitely think my favorite scene is before we really we, meaning the folks in the movie, not the audience, know that Gilman exists is when, you know, we were just talking about the scandalous scene where Julie Adams is in her white bathing suit and Mm -hmm. dives off the boat. Um, I just love that whole segment where she is swimming gracefully and we see the creature sort of for the first time and he notices her and then he's mirroring her swimming and she has no idea he's there. Yeah. It's very graceful Mm -hmm. and almost beautiful. Like if you've ever watched, you know, an underwater show again here in Florida, we have wiki watchy. You can go see the girls in their mermaid outfits and they can swim really gracefully, you know, whatever. Um, So it was almost like, you know, you're watching a water show, but then you realize like, oh, but this creepy thing is like right below her and she doesn't even know it, yeah. <laughs> you know, which is a creepy feeling. I mean, anytime you're in water where you can't see your feet, you're a little like, Oh, what's down there? You know? Yeah. Uh, so, so that's like this like beautiful yet very creepy, like someone's with you and you don't even know it.
0: So yeah. It's a pretty cool scene. That is cool. I guess the director wanted to play off that fear of being in the water and not knowing what's below you. Right. The scene, and I agree with you, by the way, that was my favorite scene. When I put on the movie mm-hmm. the other night, the one scene that really stands out to me the most is that kind of that mimicking her swimming mm-hmm. and swimming with her below. You know, it's that, kind
1: of a long scene, too.
0: It's long and it's it's beautiful the way it's shot. It, it reminds me again of Jaws, you know, when the... the you're having the point of view of a woman swimming at the surface.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's and like looking... you are in the water as a creature yourself.
0: Yeah, but you know, there's that other scene though when she's going back to the boat and he's super curious and he goes up and he he grazes <gasps> oh, her foot. Yes. And she's like, "Huh, oh, what is that?" And then he scampers off and down below into the weeds or something. I don't know where. Right. He... And it reminds me, like we were at the beach not too long ago, and sometimes a fish grazes you and you're just like it or kind of crab, freaks you out a little bit
1: or what something you don't know what it yeah, is I had and a you're crab. like ah,
0: what was i that? had a crab trying to grab me by my knee but i had some sunscreen on so i was a little <laughs> too slippery for him <laughs> sorry mr crab yeah but yeah worry. it plays on your fears like you're you can't see what's down there and right. you get touched by another life form you're like what the heck is that
1: yes yeah
0: but i do have some other honorable mentions So, uh, here's a dark comedy moment for you. You don't really love dark comedy. I don't. When the uh, doctor that's been crushed... And he's been damaged and he's in the bed <laughs> oh, and he's yeah. completely wrapped up and they're all in the room. And the creature just emerges out of nowhere and reaches his arm in to the window right next to where the doctor's sleeping. Right. And he starts beating up the doctor again. Yeah.
1: And then, <laughs> but they like everybody else on the boat starts like fighting back and they're all just dog piling this poor bandaged doctor. That's so <laughs> damaged. He looks like the mummy. i yeah. <laughs> like, nobody cares that they're just, pounding on the poor damaged doctor yeah. <laughs> i did laugh okay so i don't know if that makes me a fan of dark comedy but We're converting I, I, you i did laugh at that moment i was like this <laughs> poor doctor like guys <laughs> protect him don't just pound on him
0: and then uh so the Gillman sneaks aboard the boat picks up julie adams jumps into the water mm-hmm. and of course uh, you know, he carries her out. That's kind of an iconic scene. That's
1: the movie poster right there. That's, That's what the every, if, even if you've never seen this movie, you probably know the creature from the Black Lagoon is the yeah. creature carrying the damsel out of the water. Yeah. Right?
0: And we have that as a coaster. Actually. We do.
1: We have a coaster with that on it.
0: And I did buy some more Creature from the Black Lagoon merch.
1: Yes. We have acquired more Creature from the Black Lagoon artwork in our house. We're looking
0: at it right now. What is it?
1: Uh, it's a wood carving. It's like a wood panel that someone has carved a design and then the creatures like in the middle of the design and then everything else is wood toned, but the creature is green. It's, it's kind of
0: tiki style. Wouldn't it's you pretty
1: say? cool. Can you add that to the YouTube channel? Yeah. You know what? I
0: might, I yeah. might go ahead. You'll have to
1: give some credit to the artist. Like it's a hand carved thing, right? Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. And
1: you scored it at one of the co- Tampa most, Bay Comic Con. Yeah. I was going to say a recent Comic Con. So Tampa Bay Comic Con. Oh, it's yeah. pretty cool. It's pretty cool.
0: Uh, and then one last scene, and I really like this one. Uh, they captured the creature. He's in that uh, wooden, you know, kind of cage yeah. on the boat. Uh-huh. So they have him in the water, but he's in a cage. And a doctor is up there with Kay. And suddenly, you know, he bursts out, like, like jumps out of the water, onto the boat. Mm-hmm. And he starts crushing that dude's face. The guy that we talked about uh, getting beat up earlier. Yeah. That guy is at the point where he's getting really roughed up.
1: This is how he gets his injuries.
0: And so he's coming towards you. The creature's coming towards the screen. Mm-hmm. And you're seeing the face being crushed. And out of nowhere, a lantern gets smashed against his face. And his face gets lit on, oh, lit on fire. yeah. Really awesome shot. You know, and I hope nobody was injured in that one. but It looked dangerous.
1: I'm <laughs> assuming we'd read about that somewhere. And I haven't. It hasn't come across anything that I've read, so hopefully no injuries.
0: The Gill Man is on fire for a few seconds before he jumps into the water. Yeah. Like, just serious, really cool stuff. Again, today, CGI would do all of that for you, but this is a man in a rubber suit getting a fiery lantern thrown on his face, face caught on fire, Yeah, (laughs) and it's right there in front of you in front of the screen. All
1: practical effects.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's pretty impressive. So this is our Summer Swim series. And, you know, the kind of the golden mean for these films is Jaws. Absolutely. And every film that we've done so far has been a movie that's followed Jaws. Mm-hmm. And we've, we've drawn comparisons to those, uh, of those films to Jaws. This is the first one that predates that film. That's right. And I have to tell you, I still compare it to Jaws. <laughs> but I think it's the other way. I think Steven Spielberg... We mentioned John Williams before. Uh, some of these guys, probably the special effects guys. Oh, I'm sure. They borrowed a little bit from the creature from the Black Lagoon. And it really didn't occur to me until we've done this Summer Swim series. Right. And then seeing this movie kind of with these lenses, like more of a critical lens. Exactly. And then just this whole fear of what's in the water. You and I <laughs> talked about it a little bit ago. That's Jaws, right? Like, yeah. oh my gosh, it plays upon that fear. This movie plays upon that fear. To a degree, not to the extent that Jaws. No, there, no.
1: And I think the difference here is this is more of a, is he a link to humankind? There's a, there's much more empathy for the creature than there is for, you know, this eating machine in the ocean that just seems bent on killing people. Yeah. You know, there, this there's a different take to the monster here.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Now, let me ask you this, because in Orca, in some cases you're cheering for Orca. Right. Were you ever cheering for the creature in this movie, or did you? Were you still cheering for for David?
1: Um, I mean, David didn't want to kill him. I think eventually, David just wants to get out of there, right? He just wants mm. to get this log out of the way. Yeah, they were gonna. Dota.
0: They were gonna go and come back when they had more supplies. I think they still wanted to capture the oh, creature. Oh, they
1: did still want to. Ca- yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, so I don't know. What was the question again?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Who were you cheering for in this movie? Who was I
1: cheering for? Um, I mean, I didn't love that the creature's like crushing skulls, but I probably was almost cheering for him more than anybody in this movie because just, you know, you kind of just get that feeling of like, let him be. Like he's living in the swamp doing his thing or, you know, the movie is painting it as he's living in the Amazon basin somewhere doing his thing. Yeah. Uh, We know he's in a Florida spring, but leave him be, let him do his thing.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Well, there's those two native guys, the helpers, the assistants Mm -hmm. that he just kills kind of unprovoked. That's true. And I wonder if this is kind of similar to Orca in that, you know, he's a beast Like he's gonna do beastly things. Sure. And we shouldn't go in his domain. So if you you play with fire, you're gonna get burned. That type of thing.
1: Yeah, I definitely think there's a little bit of that there. But they because they started the movie with this whole like evolution, finding the missing link kind of story. Yeah. Arc. Like then the it's a little, he becomes a little less beastly, right? Mm-hmm. Because it, he has to have some almost human characteristics. Right. Or why did we have that storytelling in yeah. the beginning? You That's know? true.
0: And he showed, uh, I guess, feelings of love or at least, you Interest. Know, interest. <laughs> Infatuation or
1: <laughs> something.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, I will say the second film I've watched, but I don't think you did. Mm, I don't think so. It, think of King Kong, you know, and King Kong, like the first half, they're going to the island, they're, they're doing everything, they have their adventure there. Right. But then the second half, they bring him back to the civilized world.
1: Oh, you're right, 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 yeah.
0: That's kind of the second movie. Of, okay. Uh, it's Revenge of the whatever. <laughs>
1: Revenge of the creature? Revenge of
0: the creature. They go in and they capture him very early in the movie
1: mm-hmm. and
0: then bring him to kind of like a Sea World type place. Okay. And it's really sad. They really abuse him a lot. Oh. And then b- by the end of the movie he escapes and you're definitely cheering for him. Really? He goes on a killing spree, which sounds, you know, like are you <laughs> should you really <laughs> be cheering, cheering <laughs> for
1: the monster that's on a killing spree?
0: <laughs> but we've seen him tortured this whole film and uh you know They're all getting their comeuppance, basically.
1: Oh, wow. Okay, so that does bring up, in some of my reading, some people argue that he's the most monstery of the universal monsters because they claim he's the least human. And when I read that originally, I was like, okay, I can kind of see that. See, you know, because if you think about the other universal monsters, Dracula was a human. Frankenstein was made up of human parts. Yeah. He's a human.
0: Mm -hmm. Um, The Invisible Man was a human. Yeah,
1: he's a a human. Uh, We've got... Wolfman. Wolfman. He's a human that turns into a wolf and turns back into a human. Jekyll and Hyde, same thing, human. Yeah. So this is like the most monstery of the Universal Monsters, but then they still have that story arc of like, yeah, but he's, is he still linked to the humans? Is he part of this evolution theory? Yeah. So I don't know. That's an interesting yeah, juxtaposition there. So
0: let's talk about that for a second. Okay. The classic Universal Monsters. Mm-hmm. The biggies, I would say. Feel free to chime in and tell me if I've missed one. But Dracula... Right. Frankenstein. hmm The Invisible Man. hmm Phantom of the Opera. Oh, yeah. The Wolfman.
1: Mm-hmm. The Mummy. Oh, yeah. I forgot about the Mummy.
0: And the Gill Man. And this... he came late. And these movies kind of ranged, I think, 30s, 40s, maybe late 30s, 40s, yeah, 50s. Yeah, so
1: Creature from the Black Loons kind of last in the lineup, right? Pretty last,
0: bit. yeah. Because okay. right around the corner, we did Hammer Horror, remember? Right. And that started in the 60s.
1: Yeah, yeah, much later.
0: And everything... Oh, well, not much later. This is yeah, 1954. Yeah. So right around the corner was like this whole renaissance, and it definitely went in a darker turn. Right. But when we look at these creatures, where does the Man kind of stack up? When we mentioned this before, I think... Dracula and Frankenstein—they're kind of your top dogs, right? Sure,
1: yeah, every so recognizable by everyone.
0: Bunch of movies, probably more films. Dracula's probably had more than anybody.
1: Oh, for sure.
0: But Frankenstein's right, right below him. Yeah. Uh, but Invisible Man, you I, know.
1: Uh, if I'm ranking, I feel like for me, Wolfman comes before Invisible Man. Okay. I think.
0: Yeah, he's had more. Yeah. And Phantom recognizing- of the
1: Opera feels like it's gone a theater route, route right? Like, yeah. you have to kind of be a theater nerd to really know, to have an awareness of Phantom of the Opera. Yeah. Not, I wouldn't know him from a monster angle. I would know him from theater.
0: Yeah. You know, yeah.
1: musical theater. I don't know, but because I grew up knowing of the creature from the Black L- or yeah, Creature from the Black Lagoon. Did yeah. I say that right? Yeah, you did. <laughs> if I was like, am I saying what I used to call my uncle or am I saying the right title now? Um... <laughs> yeah he still kind of falls in there somehow lesser because he is less known i think or less popular yeah than dracula for sure dracula and frankenstein right they've, they've got to be like the top you know yeah um, and the
0: mummy benefited from oh, the yeah, brendan the mummy. Fraser. yes that whole thing the renaissance there that. yeah
1: you know that uh someone was offered a reboot just in like I say just, it was almost 20 years ago, but 2005, I think,
0: Hmm.
1: uh, Peter Jackson was offered the reboot for Creature.
0: I heard about that.
1: You know what he passed it up for?
0: King Kong. That's
1: right. He did King Kong with Jack Black instead, which I've never even seen that version of King Kong.
0: Well, you know, since we're on this topic, I saw that Jaden Carpenter was linked to a remake.
1: Oh, yeah. I did see his name mentioned somewhere. I wanted to ask you about that because you're the Carpenter know know it all.
0: I just can't imagine. Now, he ended up doing... Uh, well, he did The Invisible Man, and that was like a, a disaster oh, commercially. Yeah. That one with uh, Daryl Hannah and Chevy Chase.
1: Oh, yeah. I don't, I don't even... I think I saw parts of that. I don't yeah.
0: think I saw the whole thing. So, that was a disaster, and it, he got unlinked at that point. Oh. Then, in the, let's see, uh, 2017-ish time frame, Tom Cruise was in The Mummy,
1: Yes, we saw that.
0: And they had plans for this whole dark universe idea.
1: Right. Everybody
0: wanted a cinematic universe because Marvel had so much money coming in.
1: They were cranking in the big bucks. Yeah.
0: And the mummy was the one that was supposed to kick it off. And we were going to get a a Bride of Frankenstein. Mm -hmm. And we were going to get a creature from the Black Lagoon.
1: Oh, were we?
0: And because it was such a disaster, the mummy, we didn't get... We didn't get any of those. We didn't get... They just fall. Interesting. Yeah. So, it's a bummer. I think he's going to have his day again one day.
1: Yeah, you think so? Well, you know, there's the kids are kind of getting a renaissance with him. A little bit. I, I cannot remember. There was some movie, some animated thing I watched with our youngest. Uh-huh. I don't know, last year sometime. And it's like creatures that live in the water, but then they can walk on land. It was almost like a Little Mermaid story, but these are creaturey looking things yeah. and not... Not mermaids.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, but he was trying to hide his true identity so he could live among the people. I don't know. They were kind of creaturey things. And now I think there's another new movie coming out, animated movie, that um, the Kraken, maybe it's was something to do with Kraken. So oh, it's like yeah. animated Kraken family that's trying to fit in with the, you know, so oh, the Kraken's yeah. a little different than the creature, but it was kind of in the same vein. Oh, so. I see.
0: I don't know. Well, uh, you know, there's. it's been influential in other movies. We did yeah. Swamp Thing. Right. And he's not too far off from the creature.
1: No. He's, yeah, just the swampy version, not the Amazonian yeah. <laughs> version. Uh, you know where else he does show up? The Transylvania movies. There's always a creature uh, in the Transylvania. You know, the Adam Sandler yeah, animated right, movies? Yeah, you're right. He's got yeah. a buddy. That's the creature. That's just, right.
0: Yeah. And uh, we did Monster Squad. He was in that yes, one, too. Yes, he
1: shows up in Monster Squad.
0: So I think he's always there. It's like
1: the unsung monster hero. Yeah. <laughs> I don't but know. But I think he's always
0: like you got Tom Petty and then you have other heartbreakers. Yeah. You kinda have Dracula. He's in the backing band. And uh Dracula's Tom Petty and everybody else is a heartbreaker.
1: I yeah, think. probably. Probably.
0: <laughs> okay, now's the time when we say yay or nay. What say ye to this film, Kim?
1: I say yay. It's a classic. There's some. I would like to see it in 3D. That's something we haven't done. I don't Mm -hmm. know if you can still do that anywhere. I don't know. But um, the the cinematography, the underwater filming, the suit, the practical effects, like it's it's just a good solid. Even though the the story is lacking and a little flat, like the the rest of it is just a solid classic in the monster movie world.
0: Yeah. I agree. It's a yay for me. It is one of those perfect Halloween films. And we'll mm-hmm. do our rankings later, you know, as far as, like, best Halloween party film in our final episode of oh, the season. Yeah, remember? yeah, season. Yes. Our award show. And this would be a contender. I think it's a good one you could put oh, on. sure. It's pretty much a G-rated film. There's nothing that's really going to freak kids out too much. No, that
1: scandalous uh, uh, one-piece bathing suit, you know. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: yep, for me, it's definitely a yay. Awesome. So just a reminder, you can email us at attackofthe20thcentury@outlook.com. That's right. Uh, and you can also hit us up on Facebook. We mentioned that earlier. And Instagram. This came in from Jim Duckett on Instagram. He says, love this movie. Awesome. Short and sweet. Our buddy Russell, Ranger Cosplay, had a little bit to say about this movie. Oh, really? Truly, in my opinion, one of the greatest movies of all time. Certainly one of the most popular and loved of the Universal Monsters. I could go on and on about this movie for a long time, but I know you both will cover a lot of it. I had the amazing opportunity to meet with, visit, and get autographs from Rico Browning, who portrayed the creature underneath, uh, who not long ago passed away as the last remaining original Universal Universal Monster. Mm -hmm. He always had great stories, and I could listen to him go on and on about his amazing life. He did so many incredible things for cinema and TV that you should check it out. The underwater creature shots were shot at Rukula Springs and Silver Springs. When you yeah. go on the glass bottom boat tour at Silver Springs, they named the spring they used for filming the Creature Spring. Mm-hmm. Very cool. You've talked about uh, that quite a bit. The story I heard Rico tell the most is how the water was so very cold, especially in the suit. So a crew, crew member on set was tasked with giving him a little brandy to warm him up. Oh. What the crew members didn't know was that they each thought they were the only ones tasked with this. (laughs) So he was getting a little more than just a little bit. Um, So Rico was getting two helpings of brandy, but did not say a word. (laughs) He did say that the creature was not swimming straight after that. (laughs) Uh, he also... This is all coming from Ranger Cosplay. He said, Rico truly loved the fans and was attending conventions well into the 90s. I got autographs from him at every opportunity. My wife asked him one time what his favorite movie he did was and he replied, Salty. Hmm. Salty is a film he wrote and directed about two kids' adventures with a sea lion named Salty. It's hard to find but did have a short-lived TV series after that. I'm sure Rico is using experience... His experience... Uh, with Flipper the Dolphin as inspiration since he was the man who trained him.
1: Oh, really? I don't think I realized that, Russell. Thank you. Very cool. Man, Russell's got the information.
0: He's got the info. That's great. Yeah, thank you, sir. All right, so what are we doing for our next episode? Okay,
1: well, it's the end of the summer, and it is time for us to draw our summer swim to a close And I know, sad times, all good things must come to an end. And we are going to finish out with the Summer Swim movie of them all. That's right, 1975's Jaws. The one, the only. I don't think I need to go into any uh, details about the plot of Jaws because I'm sure everyone is well aware of what happens in that movie with the great white and the little town of Amityville. Yep. Yep. And all the horrors that befall them with this great white shark loose in their waters. So we'll be watching that over the next couple of weeks. We'll be back hopefully in two weeks to wrap up this series and draw the summer to a close. Maybe some special guests with us. Yes. Potentially. Um, and it's going to be fun. We're going to wrap up the summer. Awesome. Sounds great. Yep.
0: Happy movie watching.
1: Enjoy your movies, guys. Peace out.
0: Peace out.